0: I went and asked Kyle if he wanted a podium. He said, we can't find it. And then he said, I think it's under the waterfall. (laughs) Well, I I hope there's a good reason why we're standing up here like this. (laughs) I don't like it. (laughs) Kyle, let me pray for you, brother. Father, thank you for this day, for the many blessings you give us, for this opportunity for Kyle to speak, and for him to uh, deliver your word to us, and I just pray that we would open our hearts and listen to what you speak through him today, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Morning. Morning. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys today on Father's Day, celebrate fatherhood, something that is coming... Constantly under attack from the the civilization that we live in. I hope that those of you that are fathers, and those of you that will soon be fathers, you take the opportunity to be present with your children, to speak with them, to maybe even take some time with your wife to reflect back on the years when they were growing up, the things you went through, and the sacrifices you made for their sake. And I hope that you also take the time to talk to your father, tell him that you love him, to honor him, and if he has already gone to be home, I take it that you will take the time to reflect back on him and the memories that you have together. And in preparing the message for the day, when I was asked to speak on Father's Day, I knew obviously it had to be something about fatherhood, but when you read the Bible, there's a lot on fatherhood. So what is it that I believe the Spirit was uh, guiding me towards? Now, as I was working on this, I was in the office, and when Daddy's in the office and the door is shut, no one comes in. But sometimes my son, Keegan, does not care about what the rules are. So he constantly kept busting through the door and breaking through the door, and he would say, Daddy, I love you, with a Y, not a D. And when he says that, you can't make him leave. you got to let him stay in there with you, right? So he sat on my lap while I was preparing a majority of this, and, While I was holding him, the thought just kept coming to me about how much I love him, how much all my children mean to me, and how much in his little life I have prayed for him, and he doesn't even know it. And it was funny, at one point I sat back and he was watching something on the computer and I asked him a question about it and he looked up at me and he points to the Bible, my notebook, and goes, day work. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) But as I was going through Scripture, I came upon Mark 5 and the story of Jairus coming before Christ for the sake of his daughter. And it made me think on the responsibility of us as fathers, as the spiritual heads of our household, the responsibility we have to pray for our children and to intercede for them before Christ. So, if you will, please turn with me to Mark chapter 5. So I find it here. Are we going to read verses 21 through 43? Mark 5, verse 21. Jesus had crossed over again in the boat to the other side a large crowd gathered around him and so he stayed by the seashore One of the synagogue officials named Jairus came up and on seeing him fell at his feet And implored him earnestly saying my little daughter is at the point of death Please come and lay your hands on her so that she will get well and live And he went off with him, and a large crowd was following him and pressing in on him. A woman who had had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought, if I just touch his garments, I will get well. Immediately, the flow of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Immediately, Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, "'Who touched my garments?' And his disciples said to him, "'You see the crowd pressing in on you, and you say, "'Who touched me?' And he looked around to see the woman who had done this, but the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. While he was still speaking, they came from the house of the synagogue official saying, Your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher any more?" But Jesus, overhearing what was being spoken, said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid any longer, only believe. And he allowed no one to accompany him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the synagogue official, and he saw a commotion and people loudly weeping and wailing. And entering in, he said to them, Why make a commotion and weep? The child has not died, but is asleep. They began laughing at him. But putting them all out, he took along the child's father and mother and his own companions and entered the room where the child was. Taking the child by the hand, he said to her, Talitha, come, which translated means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl got up and began to walk, for she was twelve years old, and immediately they were completely astounded. And he gave them strict orders that no one should know about this. And he said something should be given her to eat. Now, when reading this passage, there are several sermons worth of material in here. And we'll touch on a few things before we begin to focus on Jairus. First, notice that both the people in this passage were healed by the touch of Christ. Jesus heals many people in his ministry, and it is oftentimes that he lays hands on them, and both of them are restored from absolutely impossible situations, a hemorrhage lasting over 12 years and on the brink of death. And yet we see Jesus laying his hands on people. We see this carried on in the apostolic church, and even we today, when we pray for each other, lay hands on each other, because in the Christian realm, that is a sign of a hope for healing. And also notice specifically as you read through here that Mark mentions the faith of Jairus, and he also mentions the faith of the woman. Now, Mark is writing this to uh, Roman Gentiles, recent conversions, and he is making the point that Christ is the Son of God, and faith in him alone has healing properties. That is why he specifically mentions that Christ told the woman that. But this is also a display of Christ's authority. We see Christ walk Right past the people whenever they said do not waste the teacher's time for she is dead And he walked past them straight into the house and brought her back And also he took with him peter james and john The three that he took with him later in the book of mark and chapter 9 during the transfiguration They were with him as well But when reading through this What caught my attention as I was sitting there holding keegan was verses 22 and 23 One of the synagogue officials named Jairus came up and on seeing him fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she will get well and live. And it just struck me to see Jairus humble himself before Christ for the sake of his child. How often do I do that for my children? How often do we as fathers do that for our children, come before Christ with a concern for our children on our hearts? And so I got to thinking, you know, like when we put the kids to bed, we pray for our children. And for my little princess, I pray that one day God brings her a man that will lead her well and lead their family well. And for my oldest son, I pray that his faith will always stay strong and that Christ will always be with him. And for my third son or third child, Keegan, Keegan is three years old and he is also approximately the same height and weight as our 11 month old. And I pray all the time that God will let his little body grow. And it's hard sometimes as men, isn't it? Being husband and wives are husbands and fathers because you see your wives and your children go through different things and you want so hard to just roll your sleeves up and get in there and fix it for them. But we can't. All we can do is what Jairus did. Humble ourselves before Christ and pray for them on their behalf. The theologian Halford Luckock, when speaking on this, states that Clothes I can provide, and food and home and education. But for the deep resources of life, for truly saving power, I must follow Jairus. See Jesus and say, my little daughter, my son, my wife, please come. Now in the story, in this particular instance, Jesus honored Jairus humbling himself before him. And he walked with Jairus back to his house, back to the turmoil. And that's a beautiful picture, isn't it? Jairus coming before Christ for the sake of his child and then going back towards the turmoil, not knowing what will happen, but Christ walking with him to the situation. And as they entered into the house, because of Jairus' intercession, Christ healed the little girl, took the sorrow out of the house and uplifted them. Now, as you go through the New Testament, you may notice there are three people outside of Christ himself that Christ rose from the dead. One is Lazarus in John chapter 11. The other one is in Luke chapter 7, the widow Nain's son. Christ was walking and he saw a funeral procession. He saw the woman crying, touched the corpse of her son, and the boy came back. And the third one is Jairus' daughter in Mark 5, Luke 8, and Matthew 9. And as you read through the Gospels and you read all three of the accounts of Jairus's daughter, something stuck out to me, and that is, we never know her name. We never know Jairus's daughter's name. All we know about her is that she was Jairus's daughter, and she was healed because her dad went to Christ on her behalf. But as we go through Scripture... There are more examples of fathers interceding for their children. Turn with me, if you will, to First Chronicles 29. First Chronicles 29. That's, some, that's a book we don't turn to very often. but And as we're turning there, I'll speak on a few other examples. One of the first examples you'll see in the Old Testament, or one of them that sticks out to me, is in Job chapter 1. In Job 1, 6... The author takes us to the heavenly realms, and it's where Satan comes before God, and they talk about Job and how he's righteous. But in Job 1.5, the last thing we read about Job before going to the heavenly realm is this. Getting up early in the morning and offering burnt offerings according to the number of them all, for Job said, Perhaps my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. Job continually sacrificed and made intercession for his sons in case they had offended God at some point. And in 2 Samuel chapter 12, you see King David, when him and Bathsheba had their first son, the child was ill and was dying. And it talks about how David had ripped his clothes and prostrated himself and was laying on the ground, constantly praying and interceding for the child's sake. It says he wouldn't even eat. And then eventually the child dies, and David rises, he eats, he bathes, he goes to the house of the Lord and worships, and he comes home and comforts his wife Bathsheba. But while the child was sick, he was constantly in prayer for its behalf and wouldn't even eat. But in what we come to now in First Chronicles 29, this is again a prayer of David. David is coming towards the end of his life. He's addressing a crowd, praying And this is the prayer that he has for his son Solomon. Verse 18. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, our fathers preserve this forever and the intentions of the heart of your people and direct their heart to you and give to my son Solomon a perfect heart to keep your commandments, your testimonies and your statutes and to do them all, and to build the temple for which I have made provision. Now, when we read that, we usually focus on the last part, David praying that his son build the temple because we know that that happened. But it's the first part that caught my attention. And if this is the prayer of a king for his son, why would it not be the prayer of us as fathers for our sons as well? That our son have a perfect heart to keep your commandments your testimonies, your statutes, and to do them all. And I hope that is the prayer that all of us have for our children. They always have an intimate walk with Christ. And a few last thoughts on the story of Jairus here. Now, you may say that this is making too much out of it, or this is just a coincidence, but personally, I don't think so. When you look up the name Jairus in Hebrew, that name means God enlightens So when you look at that story, you have a Jewish leader, God enlightens, humbling himself before Christ for the sake of his child. But also, when you read the story of Jairus, you can hear in those three words, my little daughter, my little daughter. You can feel the love that he has for her. And I hope that that is the love that we have for fathers as our children, for our children when we pray for them. And I hope that this is something that we as men in this church encourage each other to do. Are you praying for your children? Are you spending time with them? Are you being present with them? Trust me, it will go by quick. Give wisdom to one another. Hold each other accountable. If this is something that we are doing, then I pray that you continue to do it. And if this is something that you have not done, I pray it's something that you start doing. And I felt like this is just something That needed to be said I hope that we humble ourselves before Christ and we intercede on behalf of our children And I hope that on this father's day We take time to enjoy the gift of fatherhood And to enjoy our children and lift them up in prayer Let's pray Lord, thank you for all you've given us Thank you for the role of fatherhood. Thank you for guiding us in it. Thank you for always being a person we can turn to, for guidance, for your word, and for giving us a body of brothers to to lead on as well. I pray that you give everyone a good day today, that you help us to embrace the role of fatherhood, that you help us to appreciate the fathers that we were given. We thank you always for your grace and mercy. Amen.